Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. again things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday well we probably should have just skipped this one hello and welcome to <laughs> little marty the only podcast that i'm aware of dedicated to covering the work of adam sandler and martin scorsese my name is eric halloween and my name is jeremy the butcher baby not gonna lie to you jeremy um at the beginning of this run of our podcast, right? Uh, I thought so. You had I I had sort of immediately taken the the the, the moniker of Eric Halloween, mm. and you n- not long after started going by Jerry Jeremy the Butcher, right? And I kind of just went along with it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, Jeremy the Butcher." I think I get what that reference is. I didn't understand what that, what that <laughs> reference was. Oh, really? <laughs> Until Wait a last week. Wait a minute. That's crazy. You thought <laughs> that I just came up with some wacky left? No, no well, like, well, I knew that it was uh, a reference to, to one of the movies we were about to watch. So I was kind of waiting to like, mm-hmm. I was waiting to find out what it was. And it, it turns out it was Gangs of New York. Right. Yeah. It was Gangs of New York. That is a Bill the Butcher reference. Um, I hope people at home knew that. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> I do look insane. I will say I do look insane. Um, well, you know, we all do. What can what do. can you do? Um, I don't Eric, think there's a way to oh. host mm-hmm. or listen to this podcast without looking insane. I think everyone here is insane. I think anyone who does a podcast is both wrong and insane. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What were you about to say, my man? I was just about to say, um, tell, you know, kind of like, uh, just open up the conversation about the, the film in general by saying, you know, you were telling me right before we started recording that this was your, um, this was the one that you've been waiting for. That this is one of your favorites. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah i you know every year <laughs> i throw on chuck and larry no i got we were we, we this is the we had the opposite conversation of this uh this is a this is a movie where like look i knew the i guess i knew the concept of this movie or i assumed what the concept was and i've never seen it and i've always just said there's no I'm just going to ignore that this happened because right. I look, I'm a big Sandler fan. I find myself sometimes defending Sandler. Sure. Um, this is, this movie is like indefensible. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. Like I, if someone told me I don't like Adam Sandler because of the Chuck and Larry movie, I would mm. be like, that's, that's fair. <laughs> I think this movie is like so, so wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just I didn't know it was gonna be like this. You know what I mean? Like I'd never I knew it was gonna it. be bad. Mm. You, oh, you never saw it either. No, this is my first time. Yeah, man. I mean, did it like? Cause I I was kind of shocked by 
just how hard it leans into just the whole premise. Yeah. And the... Yeah. I mean, there's just so much in there. Like, we, like uh, you know how um, in The Longest Yard... Right. Uh, there's that moment <laughs> where... I'm with um, you, I'm with you. Someone says uh, mm-hmm. the N word. I believe. I believe it's um, Stone Cold. Stone Cold Steve, Steve Austin. Austin. Yes, I remember. Uses a racial uh, slur. Right. And we both agree that like this is not like a movie. Like that didn't need to be. That, that didn't need to be to yeah, happen. That, that movie. didn't earn that like, like that big moment. You know. Right. Yeah. It, it just like wasn't the tone of the movie. Right. Whereas this movie, there is a word that gets thrown around just like so often that I just, I, I just felt really like <coughs> gross about this movie. Like I felt really weird and I, I almost to a point where like, I don't understand why this movie isn't like, uh, I don't know, universally known as something that's as like a, <laughs> like a problematic movie. I don't know. Like, I, I, I think it's it almost is. like everyone just sort of ignored uh, the whole idea of it and moved on, which is, you know, maybe the right Maybe for the best. Do. Well, Eric, I mean, I can tell you this much. The budget of this film was $85 million. It made back $187 million. Jeez. Uh, I, I think that people haven't paid really any attention to this movie since it's come out i mean we might we're probably one of the very very few podcasts in the world who probably <laughs> would ever even spend a significant amount of time talking about and it uh, this movie and i think it's just obviously because of our our premise um this movie it, it is like it, it is like the if you were going to write a textbook about <laughs> like what does it look like when a film is just stuck frozen in time and never and should never be brought <laughs> move forward it's like this movie like this this like checks every single crazy box that you know movies whose writers were just as maybe homophobic or just you know what's it called like um uh ignorant right but like it it like hold they all hold up better because the baked into their this is the whole premise of this is stuck in 2007 right i mean there there's well, like it's, a, it, it came out in 2007 but this premise is stuck in like 1981 right. <laughs> <laughs> i mean but like it like they had they hold up an article in this about how gay domestic partnerships become like legalized in new york like Mm -hmm. the impetus for starting this movie in the first place is that gay marriage is becoming legal like kind of slowly around this time so they were like huh that's interesting why don't we make a movie (laughs) not celebrating (laughs) how cool that is but how these straight uh psychopaths can exploit it you know um right it's it's baked into its premise is and i am going to just guess quite on accident (laughs) it's baked into it like one of the most homophobic things ever is that straight people would exploit gay (laughs) 
like the beautiful acceptance in our culture of gay marriage. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I, but I, I but like in its in its DNA though, this movie, you can just tell this is ignorant people trying to be pro gay. I you could tell like, you know, there's a point in the in the movie where you could tell it's it's like trying to it's almost like the whoever the writers or you know producers whoever everyone involved in this movie like halfway through realized like oh we're like we gotta backpedal a little yeah. bit and try and spin this as like uh uh like oh no like these the chuck and larry guys are are wrong to do this and uh yes i don't know it it seems it's this whole movie is just a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a bad idea. Um, I mean, I don't yeah. know. I guess I don't know the. Um, we'll find out a little bit more about like the making of this movie. I guess sure. in a little bit. But Jeremy, uh, I'm you know I gotta say I'm pretty excited to talk about um, our movie that we're covering on the uh, the Patreon. That's correct. Of podcast. That's uh, correct. Tell the people what we're doing over there because it's it's been a fun time. We are covering the entire body of work of the Cohen brothers, which is the first time I think Eric and I have done this, where we've covered a, a director and or actor in the main feed, but then started covering it in a completely different director in the Patreon. It's been a blast. It really, especially like lately, not not that these. I think these episodes are good. I think I think a lot of these movies we've had to cover are bad. So uh, it's been a joy to actually watch films for that podcast more, I think, in some cases <laughs> uh, yeah. recently. So, yeah, we're having a good time over there. It's definitely worth the $5 um, to come on board, join the family, as I like to call you, because you're my family, you know? Every business oh, yeah. transaction I make is I call them my family. Uh, when you're here, you're family. And over there, we're covering The Big Lebowski this week. Finally happened, Eric. Never heard of it, but I'm excited for you to tell me what happens in this uh, <laughs> Yeah, because you also didn't film. watch it. <laughs> it's about a whale or something, right? Yeah, it's about a big whale. <laughs> uh, did you ever see The Meg, by the way? I did not, no. Me neither. Yeah. It's one of those that I uh, Sharks, like wanted. Right? To. I like I like an aquatic horror movie. Yeah, you know? those are good. Remember, we, didn't we cover Deep uh, Water Three or something on this? <laughs> Open Water Two. Open Water Two, which is uh, I'm going to say one of my favorite uh, bad movies of all time. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so, Jeremy, let's dive into this. Uh, we are talking about. I now pronounce you. Chuck and Larry. Mm-hmm. We got Kevin James holding up the Sandman in a uh, <laughs> black and white tuxes. Cover. Yeah, uh-huh. mm-hmm. kind of an iconic like cover to me. Does this like you you recognize this cover, right? <laughs> I, de- I definitely, unfortunately, yeah, I do. Yeah, like it's kind of a weirdly it. like lives in my brain. This cover. Yeah. Um. This film was planned as early as 1999. Uh, I now so pronounce I, you yeah. Joe and Penny. As I the believe film that <laughs> was then titled was announced as starring Nicolas Cage and Will Smith. Oh! Uh, in the official trailer, the song "Grace Kelly" by British pop star Mika was included. I don't know why. 
the hell? <laughs> what the, the I literally, hell? those two sentences are the entire production section on Wikipedia. Uh, so let's get into the some of the trivia. First, I want to figure out who the hell um, is responsible for even making this movie. Uh, Dennis Dugan is the director. Yeah. I feel like we've said that name before on this a podcast. Ton. Oh, yeah. Of course. Are you kidding? Oh, is he? He's a, he's like a normal Sandman. Oh yeah, baby. Uh, director guy. Oh yeah, baby. He did Happy Gilmore. He did Big Daddy. He did Saving Silverman. Not a Sandler movie, nice. but a funny one. Uh, we gotta do. We gotta do Saving Silverman month. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he also does. Don't mess with the Zohan. Grown Ups. Jack and Jill. Grown Ups too. Okay. So this can't and be true, but apparently, oh my God. okay. So there's four writing credits, and one of whom is mm-hmm. Alexander Payne. Yeah. And, okay. Yep. It just loaded. This is Nebraska <laughs> writer <laughs> and director Alexander Payne is credited yeah. as one of the writers. I saw that, and I kind of didn't know what to do with that information. Yeah, I'm just gonna ignore that. Uh, yeah just delete it (laughs) from your brain i really don't know what to do with that information i i i need to look at his imdb does he he like he's kind of a writer for hire as well right so he might this might this might just be a paycheck like not not like i'm gonna defend him because whatever but it's weird everything he's written for well he wrote election jurassic park three yeah so I know right that, actually i kind of yeah. want to watch well, that but but okay so so here's like that chuck and larry is weirdly sandwiched in between about schmidt sideways that uh paris Je-t-aime. Uh, sideways the descendants and downsizing so all of those are like artistic you know like works of art right that he you know beautifully crafted and in the middle of this, he somehow <laughs> gets roped into the, like the most yeah. problematic movie of the century. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I also didn't realize he just directed the uh, Nebraska and didn't. Uh, oh, he didn't write, write it. it. Interesting. Right? Yeah. Interesting. It's like one of the few movies he's made. He didn't, uh, you know, write. Yeah, I'm due for a rewatch of Nebraska. That's one of my favorites. That's such a good movie, man. It's a. It, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I'm not gonna make a big deal out of it, but it is a bummer that he wrote <laughs> Chuck and Larry. <laughs> it does kind of suck. Yeah, it sucks. It's yeah. like it's for sure like a blemish. <clears throat> um. Yeah, the guy who wrote Nebraska's written. Anyways, we're on a. We should do an Alexander Payne thing though, someday. I feel like we could do some fun wordplay with Payne. Like house, house of pain or yeah insane oh you know in what the pain i don't i yeah right yeah <laughs> insane in the pain um yeah this movie starring uh along with adam sandler and kevin james who by the way are doing a two-hander in this which is interesting for sandler sandler doesn't usually take this kind of role you know he's been doing it more lately in his career with rain over me punch drunk love spanglish but it's still it's still always going to be weird to see Sandler playing like second to somebody else in a movie, you know. Yeah, is this their first time? Uh, coast. Well, it's their first time co-starring in a movie. 
Definitely. But I wonder if I'm trying to remember if Kevin James had been in any previous. Yes, yeah, I think he, I think he was in the last one. What what was that one? Not no, not Rain Over Me. The whatever this <laughs> last Happy Madison one before this. Okay, because he Click. becomes Click. you know he becomes a uh, a Happy Madison person. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's like a there's that he's one, one movie, that one new uh, that new movie where he's like coaching a little league team or something, a football mm. team. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> He's in, of course, Hubie Halloween. Right, of course, yeah. The, uh, what do you call it when something is like the, um, <laughs> like Hubie Halloween is, is sort of like our, our, our like ideal movie on this yeah, podcast. You right. know what I mean? It's yeah. like the, like everything, every movie that we, t- every film we talk about, it, just know that our reference for the perfect film is <laughs> it's Hubie, Hubie Halloween. <laughs> Hubie it's, Halloween. The, it's the mirror that we hold other films up to. Exactly. So when we watch stuff like, I don't know, uh, Fargo, a prestigious <laughs> drama, we look at it and we go, does it match up to Hubie yeah. Halloween? Does it get close? And the answer does someone is n- normally have a no. thermos. Yeah, is there, filled with soup. <laughs> yeah, is there a uh, uh, is there a uh, freaking Tim Meadows in this sucking on his own fingers <laughs> in his <laughs> Halloween costume? You know, I like uh, I, I I like what I'm reading here about Dan Aykroyd because I got to imagine. Well, you leave it up to the imagination of what he wanted to change. But according to the trivia, mm-hmm. Dan Aykroyd approached Sandler and respectfully requested to change some of his lines. Uh, Sandler thought the material Aykroyd came up with was hilarious, so he was allowed to do so. I wonder if this was da- Aykroyd realizing, like, maybe I can't. I can't remember what is his character is. Um, the the chief, uh, the, the fire chief. Yes, yeah. I I wonder if his original lines were something that he felt like he could get uh, in trouble for or something. Because there's yeah. certainly some lines in here. Like, there are so many moments in this movie that you could isolate. Uh, and just like throw on Twitter, and that actor would be under fire. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, like absolutely. Rob Corddry in this, of yeah. all people, has a whole—I mean, a particularly brutal like scene in this, where he's playing a religious fanatic, very uncomfortable, and has yeah. to say the f slur like into a megaphone. <laughs> it's a rough, rough ride. It's just, I mean, yeah. Uh, when Chuck confuses, I will say this. I will say this about this movie. The one, uh, the one funny character in this movie, and I don't like the idea of his character, but just the just the performance is very funny. Uh-huh. Buscemi is pretty funny in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, okay, yeah. And, and being absolutely as objective as you possibly can be, this it's there's not every single moment or or performance in this movie is necessarily bad. It's just most of it. <laughs> but Bushimi's yeah. good, and uh, I I I actually like um, the cameo of uh, a guy we'll get a lot more later in later Sandler movies of. Um, Oh, what's his name? He's uh, that is Swartzen. Nick Swartzen. Yes, Nick Swartzen. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. He's yeah, he's got a funny <laughs> he's basically playing his character from Reno nine one one. Um oh, yeah. 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 It's uh it's pretty it's not good. Oh, Ving Rames is good in this too. Um the fire the you know who I'm talking about? He plays the He plays the guy everyone's afraid of, the black guy with the uh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then and then like his performance and like him coming out like actually he's he's doing i don't know that performance is actually really good <laughs> i think mm. on the basketball court but yes. yeah anyway um carl's uh when chuck confesses uh confuses david spade for jessica beale in the playboy bunny outfit in the shot from behind it's actually beale herself in the outfit what do you think of that wow that's that's saying something about something. I'm not sure what. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Da, 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 da. Buscemi was actually a New York City firefighter yeah. uh, before he became an actor. His brother is an actor, uh, Michael Buscemi, who plays a firefighter Higgy in the credits, mm. Higgins, on his uniform. In turn, an actual firefighter named Mark Higgins appears in the movie, but is credited only as fireman, along with several other actual firefighters. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, the, the book Chuck Reads to Larry's Kids is the puppy who lost its way. I like this kind of stuff. I love seeing this kind of stuff in Happy Madison movies. Mm-hmm. You know, give us some give, give us some O'Doyles throughout the movie. You oh, know? yeah. Give us, give us some... Uh, some Easter eggs. There's definitely some see, O'Doyle stuff in there for sure. You know, we get Ben Stiller in uh, his character from Happy Madison and Hubie Halloween. I love oh, that stuff. Yeah, that's good. That is good. <clears throat> that's the kind of stuff that makes me spit out my popcorn and throw and point at the TV with joy. Yeah, right. Yeah, with joy, not with uh, not with fear. <laughs> yeah, joy is my wife. Joy. <laughs> Um, Fear is well, my son. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> right, this is uh, my wife Joy and my son Fear. <laughs> um, hmm. Kevin James wears a Mrs. Timberlake shirt in the parade at the end of the movie. Jessica Biel married Timberlake five years after the movie's release. Wow, do you think those two things are connected? <laughs> yeah. All right. As expected, the trivia for this movie is uh, extremely uninteresting. So let's yeah, dive yeah, in yeah. to the plot. Um, Chuck Levine, a womanizing bachelor, and Larry Valentine, a widower uh, struggling to raise his two children, are two veteran New York City firefighters. Uh, during a sweep of a burned building, a segment of floor collapses on Chuck, but Larry saves his life. Uh, Chuck vows to repay Larry in any way possible, experiencing an epiphany from the incident. Larry tries to increase his life insurance policy. <clears throat> he finds out that a lapse in paperwork after his wife's death keeps his uh, him from naming his children as primary benefact- beneficiary, beneficiaries. Uh, the re- representative from the insurance company suggests that Larry find a new spouse so he can name that person as his beneficiary. However... There is no woman in Larry's life uh, that he loves or trusts. This Wikipedia is psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the person who wrote this is someone who felt compelled to write 
the synopsis oh, of Chuck, Chuck and Larry. And Larry. So. Yeah. Um, can we, uh, first of all, uh, I'd like to point out that this movie also uh, is weird for Sandler in another way, in that it is two hours long. Um, it is long. That is a it long movie for long. a comedy. That's a long movie mm-hmm. for an Adam Sandler comedy. I used to. I usually look forward to Sandler uh, week because I'm watching a shorter movie. Um, <laughs> not this week. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, this is like almost Gangs of New York. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's definitely closer to Gangs of New York than it is to like Happy Gilmore, Happy or... Gilmore, or something. Yeah. Um, I like the scene with uh, Rachel Dratched. At the <laughs> office yeah. where uh, Rachel Drash is great. She's great in this, and like her whole thing is like, um, her. Ra- I feel really bad that Rachel Drash's like whole comedic angle is that she is ugly, or like that she's always portrayed as ugly. Um, I think Rachel Drash is a attractive woman, uh, <laughs> and in this movie, I think I was like, I was like. I didn't really buy the scene where she was like, come on, just run away with me. And it's almost like, you know, portrayed like, oh my gosh, can you even imagine? <laughs> yeah. And, it's, and I, uh... and I was like, I was like, I don't, I don't think that's very fair. I think that she would be a catch for someone like Kevin James, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I think, you know what? For the right amount of money, I'd play an ugly guy in something. Sure. I'd play like the guy who's like the ugliest person in the room. Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> why not? But yeah, you're right. Rachel Dratt. Yeah. I mean, at least like, uh, we don't have to get too, too far into it. But I, I do want to yeah. say about this beginning that like, uh, I've said this before, I don't like it when Sandler's like a mean guy and he's yeah. just so mean in this movie. He's yeah. just really, really mean. Um, I will say like, with all of the really uh, problematic you know, homophobic stuff. Uh, the one other aspect of this movie that made me like cringe a little bit was the jokes like Kevin, like, uh, uh, Sandler making fun of Kevin James for having his wife dying is like so (laughs) uncomfortable. (laughs) Like when he's like doing the voice of Kevin James, dead wife's ghost when they're in bed together. It's like, so Weird. He's just really mean in this movie. It's like hard yeah. to get behind his his whole vibe, you know. Absolutely, yeah. This is the meanest he's been since Bulletproof or something, you know, where he's just like a full on, you know, criminal. I mean, guy. I kind I I get what they're trying to do with the character the and vibes. make him, yeah, this little like I don't know, like he's like. Uh, they really hammer home that this guy is interested in women. Right. But I feel like they could have done that without making him just like a total womanizer. Yeah, it's guy. it seems really hacky. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. I think I think uh yeah, he's supposed to be like he's a straight white male New Yorker. Like that's his vibe. But like that doesn't work. Like we can't just say, "Oh yeah, and, and the New York vibe is that they're they're a homophobic, <laughs> right? You know, and and mean, and 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 you know, hurtful, and and try to get like sisters to kiss each other and do incest and stuff. 
like what the <laughs> like just weird like weird stuff um but i do like that rachel dratch scene <laughs> Inspired by a newspaper article about domestic partnerships, uh, Larry asks Chuck to enter a civil union with him. Although Chuck declines at first, he is reminded of his debt to Larry and finally agrees entering a domestic partnership and becoming Larry's primary beneficiary in the event of his death. Uh, To their dismay, however, investigators arrive to inquire about their abrupt partnership, suspecting fraud. It is also pointed out that this was not the first time a plan was attempted against the insurance company. Chuck and Larry decide to enlist and uh, to enlist the help of a lawyer, Alex McDonough. McDonough was that name uh-huh. used in another H I McDonough? That's raising Arizona. Ah, uh, raising Arizona. Yeah. Uh, who suggests the they have a formal formal wedding ceremony to prove they are committed? Uh, the pair travel to Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada for a quick same-sex marriage at a wedding chapel and Chuck moves in with Larry and his children. Yeah, so did we get Jessica Biel? Um, poor Jessica Biel in this. <laughs> um, she's actually uh, not a bad actor, you know, just has a lot of uh, where she's like sexualized like crazy and then has to like her character is also sadly like, thing. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll get to it. But like, there's uh, there's things that happen to this character I just like don't love. <laughs> yeah, it's um, I don't know. Again, I feel like they could have done handled this a little bit uh, more delicately too. But sure. Sure. Uh, Alex invites the couple uh, to a gay benefit costume party at the end of the evening. The party goers are confronted by <clears throat> homophobic protesters. Chuck is provoked into punching the leader and the incident is picked up by the local news with their apparent homosexuality and marriage revealed. Chuck and Larry are heckled uh, and their fellow FDNY firefighters refuse to work with them. Uh, their only ally is Fred G. Duncan, an angry, intimidating firefighter who reveals to Chuck that he is gay and has not felt comfortable telling anyone. Yeah, the party is um, like a, a turning point for Chuck where he realizes that um, uh, he actually feels for people in the gay community. Um, he has kind of a heart moment. Um, he will betray this <laughs> a million other times in the movie, but it's uh, it's a weird scene to watch because it's supposed to be revealing to the audience that hey, look at look at how these protesters are affecting the the, the you know these gay people. Um, don't you feel bad for them? And it's like yeah, dipshit. I already felt bad <laughs> for them. <laughs> like yeah. I I didn't need you. You know. I didn't need to have a heart turn because I'm not starting from a hateful place <laughs> right? <laughs> from the beginning. Um, it's just a really it strange It is weird scene. how yeah. like the, the movie almost <laughs> assumes that the person watching it is like totally yeah. uh, not on board with uh, <laughs> yes. same sex marriage or <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Uh, this is also the scene we were talking about before where Rob Corddry, um, is uh just has to say a lot of um the f word and uh horrible horrible to watch and weird to do probably (laughs) 
Chuck becomes romantically interested in Alex and after the two spend time together, but finds himself unable to get close to her because she thinks he is gay. During a heart-to-heart talk about relationships, the two spontaneously kiss, but Alex, still believing Chuck is gay and married, is shocked and immediately distances herself. Meanwhile, city agent Clinton Fitzer arrives to investigate the couple and the strain on both uh, Larry and Chuck... Weird to see it in that order. Uh-huh. Causes them to fight. <laughs> like an optical uh, layer- illusion. <laughs> it is like an optical illusion. You know, I'm seeing a sailboat when I right. squint really hard at this Wikipedia article. Right, yeah. Um, forgot where I was with that stupid... Larry and joke. Chuck part. Uh, Larry, Larry asserts... Is, L- Chuck, yeah, Larry asserts that Chuck, uh, Chuck's constant absence... To spend time with Alex is jeopardizing their ability to maintain the ruse of their relationship. Chuck tells Larry that he should stop refusing to move on from the death of his wife. Later that evening, a petition circulates to have Chuck and Larry thrown out of the firehouse. Uh, <laughs> upon discovering it, Larry confronts the crew about personal embarrass- embarrassments on the job that Chuck and Larry helped them overcome. Afterwards, Chuck and Larry apologize to each other and reconcile their differences is this when they're like that guy is like stuck in the pipe you know Uh, what I'm talking about yeah maybe yeah um yeah this is like uh the way the way people behave to them is like crazy like this is during this time like Larry goes up in front of his kids class and and like talks about being a fireman and like the, the yeah. class is like horrible to him. <laughs> like, uh, and then later the kid's parents are horrible to him. Uh, Mr. Um, grandma's boy, uh, mm. Alan covert. <laughs> is yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's just like, uh, again, like more of that, like coming from the, the, the point of view that like this world is incredibly hostile like at all or like or like um yeah people are just so hateful and misunderstand like the hostile towards towards uh gay people like like that like in, in some cases and in some time periods that's true and there's ways to portray that you know mm-hmm. and then there's like and there's like writing <laughs> a world around <laughs> a fictitious world where everybody's just like Oh yeah, uh, you can't go on the Boy Scout trip, and you also can't be a coach, and uh, your kid's also gay. <laughs> like it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> hey, you know who's in this movie? Uh, who has a apparently a voice cameo? John Farley, the youngest yeah, brother of Chris Farley. That's right. Yeah. What do you think of that? It's pretty good. Pretty good. Um. Yeah. I uh we we also skipped over Rob Schneider. <laughs> should we should we talk about Rob Schneider? Yeah, remind refresh my memory on what happens with oh, Rob Schneider in this. Baby. He is um uh he 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 is a um like uh the guy who marries them. 
Like he's the he's the Asian stereotype guy. That was Rob Schneider. That is Rob Schneider. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even like. <laughs> how did that not register in my brain that that yeah. was Rob Schneider? Um, he has a pretty big part in this movie in that he uh-huh. marries them, and there's a whole extended scene with him. He is uncredited. Okay, I, I'm I'm interested to know why. That uh, is Rob Schneider. Interesting. Yeah, he's uncredited. He. Um, he's doing a particularly, even for Rob Schneider, kind of crossing the line, um, portrayal of an Asian man. Uh, Rob Schneider is Asian. I, uh, um, Schneider's, uh, maternal grandmother was Filipina. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, not necessarily, <laughs> not a, he's, he, you know, he is Asian himself, but this is like this is st- nonetheless a pretty wild portrayal um yeah i'm looking at uh images again now and i i'm realizing why i didn't i mean he yeah. really does not look like rob schneider in this. <laughs> no he does not he is completely transformed he's not doing a yeah he's do, he's doing a voice as well so oh yeah <clears throat> man we could have skipped it, Jeremy. We could I know. Have just, <laughs> we I know. The whole thing. I think there was some like <laughs> kind of sick part of me that was a little curious. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I'm a completionist. <laughs> uh, eventually, numerous women uh, publicly testify to have slept with Chuck in the pa- uh, recent past, and the couple is called into court to defend their marriage against charges of fraud. They are defended by Alex and their fellow firefighters arrive in support, having realized all that Chuck and Larry have done for them over the years. Fitzer interrogates both men and eventually demands the pair to kiss and to prove that their relationship is physical. By the way, how many Sandler movies end with a like court hearing? Ah, uh, that's have a you lot. Big, that? Big Daddy <laughs> did for sure. The last Dennis yeah. Dugan movie. I feel like Mr. Deeds might have... Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um there's I feel like there were some other ones. Uh before before they do so, uh Chuck and Larry are interrupted by uh FDNY CSNY Captain Phineas J Tucker who reveals their marriage to be a sham and that they are both straight. He emphasizes that the situation reminded people not to be judgmental and then offers to be arrested as well. Since he knew about the false uh, relationship but failed to report it, this prompts each of the other firefighters to claim a role in the wedding in a show of solidarity. Chuck, Larry, and the other firefighters are sent to jail, but they are quickly released after negotiating a deal to provide photos for an AIDS research benefit calendar, and Chuck and Larry keep their benefits. Uh, Two months later, Fred and Alex's brother Kevin are married in in Niagara Falls, uh, at the same chapel as Chuck and Larry at the wedding party, which features musical guest Lance Bass. Uh, Larry moves on <laughs> from the death of his wife and talks to a new woman while Alex agrees to dance with Chuck. <clears throat> mm. Yeah, you're right. I wish that they had, mm. like, Chuck and Larry had f- just fully fallen in love. It would have been a much stronger... Um yeah, it'd been a much stronger message and a much stronger movie, um, as opposed to having them. They can't even kiss, Eric. Like they 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 don't even allow them to kiss in this movie. It's 
horrific. Like it should be, they should, they should at for comedy for the comedy of it, they should have at least had them have to kiss to keep up right. appearances. It's just, it's just you can feel them still trying to be so macho and manly in in, in even in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Alex agreeing to dance with Chuck is also crazy. Like if I was Alex, I'd file a restraining order against Chuck or get him, uh, you know. Or like, you know, char- you know, sue him for sexual harassment. He pretended to be a gay man, which who she, whom she trusted, and then allowed to touch her parts of her body under a false premise, <laughs> mm-hmm. like not with her consent. Um, yeah, deep, deep levels of sociopathic like thinking around the <laughs> the comedy and the outcomes of this movie. <laughs> pretty wild pretty wild yeah just super super weird super weird all around anyway jeremy what how what would you rate this movie (laughs) on a scale of four chucky freckles that's such a good question um let's see i gave gangs of new york a 2.25 and i liked this a lot better than that (laughs) um yes we it is gonna get the one but uh but I also just, you know, it 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 doesn't even deserve the one cuz it's not it's not as bad as going overboard, you know, or boxcar bertha. It belongs in a different category of just like kind of like like I and I feel like Spanglish was a very similar movie too where it kind of belongs in a different category of just like not not even not even like a a naughty watch not on my watch <laughs> anyway um yeah didn't 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 enjoy this movie and and also can we just say like beyond all the homophobic stuff like there's no real there's no real jokes in this movie there's no real good big jokes yeah it's 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 simply not funny yeah what would you rate it i'd probably give it a 3.5 <laughs> Um, no, I don't know. Uh, I was trying to think in my head if come up with a, some type of weird rule where we can just like eliminate a movie (laughs) completely. It gets a, it gets a a line through it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess the lowest possible score we can do is a one. Uh, Mm -hmm. so I think it deserves, um, that I suppose. Um, yeah it sucks because I like you know I find myself more and more on this podcast you know just trying to be positive about the Sandman because I do think I think uh, in the grand scheme of things we're all blessed to have the Sandman on this earth I think Mm -hmm. that he's created some very funny movies and brought joy to all of our hearts yes Um, this movie uh, it, it 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 pushed me over the edge a little bit because it's just like there's just no way to defend this movie. Like I can't. It 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 just it kind of sucks. You know what I mean? Also, I really wish I hadn't learned that Alexander Payne <laughs> was yeah, involved in I know. in this whole thing. <laughs> uh, but anyway, good stuff. I feel like if I if this movie was from like the '60s or something, mm. I'd be I. I wouldn't give it a pass at all. This movie can't exist in any era, and I, I would give it a pass. But I would at least like maybe be like, well, 
give it the benefit of the doubt of like, well, there was a long time ago, but this movie is from 2007. <laughs> I was an adult. I was like, I was able to buy cigarettes. Yeah. At, in that year. <laughs> and I did. Winston's. Oh, man. That's great. <laughs> Jeremy, what do we got next? Uh, what do you say we switch gears to a Scorsese movie? To a Scorsese, my friend. A Scorsese. And uh, we so spell him do... Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N. Is that right? Martin. Martin Scorsese. Uh, so are we are we at the Aviator yet? Oh, is that uh, right? Yes. Um, let me see here. Gangs of New York. Feels like going home. Um, I think it's the Aviator next week. I, are is is feels like going home? The blues documentary. Yeah, that we probably should watch. Feels like going home. Actually, it's a documentary about what now? About the blues? Yeah. So it's a feature. That's that's the only reason why I'm suggesting it is because it's a documentary feature and it's about the um, a documentary about the blues and its African roots. Uh, apparently it's really really good like this is something that i have heard of before um unless you don't want to cover documentaries and maybe this is an off pod combo (laughs) well here's the thing is like i feel like we've already skipped hold on where what year are we in what year is did that movie come out feels like going home uh it came out in 2003 did we cover voyage to italy Voyage to so Voyage to Italy I skipped because I there was a reason for that. Um, I it. think it's because it is yeah it's four hours long. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and and so I figured like that's like that's not a feature really that's something <clears throat> that's like a mini series or something. Okay, let's do um, feel like going home. Also, we're you know I think we're getting to a point where like. Because Sandler, there's more Sandler, way more Sandlers left, I think. Is there? Oh, yeah, there I think are. So. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There definitely is. Yeah, we're definitely going to run out of um, Scorsese's, I think. <laughs> oh, man. There's going to be an interesting uh, yeah. stretch there. Although, okay, although so we, we might will, not. We if, will we inclu- do... if we include the Bob Dylan documentary and uh, the um, George Harrison documentary, those are the oh, big yeah. three. And if we do Shine a Light, it actually might get close. I kind of want to do Shine a Light as yeah. well, yeah. I, I think it might actually get close, so. Well, let's do Feel Like uh, Going Home. Gotcha. Next. I'm trying to look up where you can watch it. It's, it looks like it's on PBS. It, it, dot org. Y- yes, and is it is it is, is it just you can watch it there? Let's see. Oh. Where to watch Feel Like going home I mean I think it's on Vimeo it's IMDB says it's a TV episode yeah it also it says that about a couple of his documentaries so I'm good skipping them if you want to it also might be hard to find I just don't know where to find it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, let's let's just let's not kill ourselves. <laughs> All right. Let's just do the aviator. <laughs> let's see here. Maybe if uh, we can find a good way to watch this, we do it as a bonus up. 
Yeah, we'll do it as a bonus up if we find a good way to watch it. And uh, yeah, we, you know. Uh, but plan on next week covering um, the Aviator. La Aviator. Yes. Luckily, <laughs> Jeremy. Luckily, we're we're gonna we're we're getting a short movie next week. Right. Just kidding. That movie's like th- over three hours. Yeah, short. <laughs> Anyway, um, Jeremy, anything else you want to say before we hit the road? No, sir. Norma, I'll see you in my dreams. Mm-hmm.